0: welcome to the crossover my peoples i am dan clark and sean Keating here
1: on the show the halftime talk where we can just do whatever the hell we want to do and uh maybe some of you will listen and that's great but uh, this is our freestyling time, and we Dan's got his java over there. I've got a bubbly and some water, and we're ready mm. to rock. And, I'm get uh, intimate people. Talk about some habits, and who else knows where this will go today? <laughs> we'll just see what the hell happens.
0: I want to hear what you're fired up about. What's your uh, yeah. latest are you kidding me?
1: Topic. Well, uh, you know, Sam's club is a place I really enjoy. Uh, it's just one of those places where I can go and on a great day by myself, just walk around and just think and look at things and just enjoy. I mean, they have everything, right? I mean, anything you could ever want food to furniture. Um, so there's been a gazebo I've been eyeing up for years, years and, uh, I've <laughs> studied it
0: one day, son, this will be, I- I've ours.
1: thought about it. I've, I visualized where it would go in the backyard, how it would all happen. So anyway, it, it's finally time to uh, purchase a gazebo. And because I've studied it and the patterns of the retail at Sam's, I know it goes on sale in the spring and it, and it did. It, it, it went right along with the alert. And anyway, make a long story, kind of short. Um, I was on it up at Sam's. I even went over there. I talked to them. They're like, nope, we don't have them right now, but we're getting three in. And, uh, then of course I followed online. I'm looking at the inventory, never see it come, never see it come. So finally, a few days later I call and, uh, let me check on that for you, sir. Let me put you on hold and come back and they're all sold out. And, uh, I go, well, I just talked to Betty three days ago and she told me there was three coming on a truck and now they're all gone, including the store model, which they give you an extra 10% on. So I thought I'd get that. Then I had to drive to damn Rochester yesterday <laughs> and ask a favor from a friend who was very generous to hitch his trailer and go with me on a little road trip. We go to pick it up. You Ooh, would this is, think I didn't hear this part. You would think that they had never sold an item online before. They had no clue what to do. I go into member services, oh yeah, I think you just go to the back door. <laughs> They didn't scan anything. They didn't check if I had paid for it. Nothing. I go to the back, they load it onto the trailer and the guy goes, let me see. What does it say on your phone? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's tough to find good help out there. People. It really is. So I,
0: yeah, we just want to remind you we're sponsored by Sam's (laughs) club. Get your gazebo. People tell me
1: Costco is better, but that that hasn't happened down here. So anyway, I I got the gazebo it's in my garage and, uh, going to stain it, gonna get some poor, poor high school buddies to come down some week. And I'm sure we'll just, you know, completely put it together wrong, but we will make memories. We will have good fellowship, and that's really what it's about.
0: Yeah, you, I always love when you you know you get a, a new toy like a gazebo, and you're putting it together, and you know you you start following the directions, and then you know you you maybe assume like oh I got I can I know the next logical step, and then you do it, you're like oh wait oh that's backwards, and now you've wrecked some you know shiny new piece of that toy, and you're
1: yeah, and I always you know. A lot of people don't like me because I was born with a silver spoon. And, and, uh, you know, I always joked that, you know, everything that happened at our house, we hired it out. And, uh, so I didn't really learn how to do anything, you know? Um, so everything since I've become a homeowner, especially is just like trying to figure it out. And, uh, I've enjoyed some parts of it and I, you know, butcher most of it, but, um, it, it is interesting trying to, uh, learn these things that, uh, you know, didn't have a dad that, that taught me all those things, including hunting, fishing, uh, any type of (laughs) carpentry or anything. I think
0: on the other side though, you, I mean, I have that and I probably took it for granted for probably, I don't know, 20 some years. I mean, I was, (laughs) I was taking on fishing for, you know, God knows like 12 hours a day. (laughs) Like, can we go home now? Not until the sun goes down, Dan, you know, sitting in a tree stand, nothing walking by, just sitting, waiting, Fishing, nothing. Cleaning out garages on Saturdays at eight a.m. Nothing like better. Building random things to fix other random homemade things.
1: Yeah, I guess you always kind of want what you didn't have, you know?
0: Right? And it's <laughs> it, like, why can't we just hire balance. someone to do this? <laughs> and of course, I mean, now I appreciate it greatly because I can, yeah, you know, build a, a small trinket, or you know, I know how to, I know how to do lawn care, and I can definitely criticize those who do it terribly um from my window um but yeah we always want what we don't yeah i'm
1: taking a big step there i'm renting a de-thatcher on saturday very excited about it watched a youtube video this (laughs) guy (laughs) made it look easy so we'll see i still got my murray motor from uh that the principal gave me when i first moved to town that she had because her lawn is the size of a thumbnail but uh yeah
0: there's definitely like trying to figure it out. Dad badges that exist. They're like they're not real, actual badges. We can I and mean, we should have maybe like a jacket we can patch on True. some things, like a lawn badge or a woodworking badge or a dethatcher badge. But uh, yeah, they exist, and uh, you're about to earn that big dethatching badge. It's a big, it's a big <laughs> step. I feel I'm proud of you.
1: I'm sure people in my neighborhood will be like, "What is he? Come on." What is this? You should have hired someone to do that.
0: What's this jamoke doing? I always like that word. Um, so yeah, today we'll talk, we're going to start talking about some, some habits like your lawn care habits. How often, uh, how often do you mow your lawn, John?
1: Uh, (laughs) As little as I have to, but, uh, see that about once a week.
0: Okay. See, I grew up on like a, a strict, so this is a good example of like a habit that was I wasn't really aware of how mm-hmm. important it was, but it's like every three days it was like, get out there, mow that sucker That's down. It's incredulous. Yeah, but it, we had the prettiest lawn on the block, I man. I bet, I bet. But uh, yeah, Sean, you are probably the resident expert on this because you read a book. So <laughs> 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 I've just lived a life with, you know, adding some habits, but you can yeah, probably add some actual know, factual information for this topic.
1: I've always been a paper book guy. Uh, I need to highlight and circle and helps me when I go back through the book to find the impactful parts and then usually what I'll do is I'll take even more and go to a google doc and uh, write down some things and then and how I can apply it but during corona excuse me I uh, decided to go the audible route because when I'm at home reading uh, a book is pretty much impossible with three small children and a dog and a wife who orders me around. So, um, I did atomic habits, all audiobook, and you're able to bookmark it a little bit in there, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a book that was recommended to me by actually JP and, um, you know, habits are, are super interesting. I, I have a few good ones. I got a lot of bad ones and, um, they're, they're hard to break, um, over, uh, when I was reading that book though, some things really did stand out. Um, that he talked about. So we can touch a little bit about that, but I think about, um, just for me, like fitness is one that that's happened recently. Um, you know, I've never, since I quit playing competitive basketball, like I played amateur basketball, we'd go to these tournaments for cash baby. And, uh, in my late twenties and there'd be fights and all kinds of crazy stuff. And after I decided to give that up, Um, I had a real struggle with working out just to work out. I just couldn't see the value of when I'm not trying to get my body better to go compete and destroy somebody on the court. Why, why, you know, why are we running just to run? Why are we lifting weights just to lift weights? You know, I hated doing squats and all that stuff in college. So, um, anyway, I've always had a tough battle with it. I think the last two years of coaching, I've really noticed during the season, I'm just not very good to my body. Um, you know, Dr. Petter, Dr. Pepper and Skittles before, you know, each game, not eating during the day. Um, then stuffing, stuffing home my pizza later at night or whatever it is. And so just tried to, uh, change some things over the last couple of years, slowly, very slowly. And during this Corona time, I've, I've tried to build some habits and work out at the same time. So it's been an interesting process, but uh, I think there's some a couple of good nuggets from the book that uh, people could take and apply to their lives.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, this time in particular, I was just listening to the Aubrey Marcus podcast, one of my favorites that I frequent pretty uh, often, and uh, they were talking about how just special the the Rona time is for you to start thinking about and adding and just analyzing your habits and maybe what are some things you can stop doing or what are some things you can start to add to your routine. And I mean, <laughs> it's going to be hit or miss as well. Um, speaking from experience, you know, I've tried to add things to my routine and, you know, do things like journaling. And, you know, once you start, you sometimes you fall off and you got to pick it back up six months later. Um, I mean, I've probably stopped and started journaling about six times now in the last year. And I just haven't found the correct, you know, equation of how to put it in to my life. And and I know, I think this is probably what what Atomic Habits talked about, was how to add those things um, in the most efficient way so that it sticks. Correct? Yeah.
1: And the first part of that is... Talks about just what a habit is. A habit is uh, the process that you go through is a cue, a craving, a response, and a reward. So, you know, a cue could be something like you smell cookies. A, a cue could be, um, <laughs> "Hey, there's donuts in the lounge." Um, then there's a craving, right? You go through that craving, the motivation, like, "Ooh, if I walk down the lounge, I get a donut." And uh, and then there's a response. So whatever the the thought or action you need to go get the reward. And then there's the actual reward and going through that process. Usually it's the craving that drives people to actually do the habit. It's, it's not typically, you know, even if I just take going to the weight room and doing a 15 minute circuit workout, like the, the, what I'm craving is that feeling at the end of the workout and how I'm going to feel the rest of the day. I'm not necessarily super excited about what I'm going to go through in the workout. At least that's me. Um, and then that reward is what I want. So I, there's a cue, there's a craving, there's a response and reward. So those are kind of the basics of a, how a habit, the process of a habit. And then what I thought was really interesting in the book that clear talked about is that if you want to form habits, you need to do these things. And these are the things that I've, I've really tried to just be aware about is that they need to be obvious. It needs to be attractive, it needs to be easy, and it needs to be satisfying. And those are the habits that we want to keep coming back to. So obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying. I mean, how many times does somebody say, just don't have time, just don't have time to work out, right? Just don't. So if you want to change that, you got to go through these four stages. You got to find a way to make it obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying. And for me, during this last eight weeks, it's been a lot easier to do that.
0: Well, and the, and the biggest problem with that is that you have to, so you talk about, you know, the craving of the feeling that you experience after the, the new habit or activity. So you have, there's that initial hump of, you have to experience what it feels like to actually do that thing, you know, multiple times. And if you don't see a benefit or you don't feel something different by doing that, then you're probably not going to keep doing it. And that's probably like, as I'm thinking about this and I talk about journaling, like I, I guess I haven't felt like satisfied enough when writing down my thoughts on, on paper. It just doesn't do, it doesn't do much for me to, to do that. But other things do, you know, like we talked about fitness. Um, I talk about running and how that's what I use to try and you know quiet my mind a little bit shut myself up because I'm so I'm exhausted to the point where the problems aren't problems anymore or you've maybe figured out your problems on that run and you know I'm addicted to that feeling of just calmness and now even like I know my wife if I'm a little bit grumpy or I'm kind of like moving around a lot and I'm just trying to get people to do things in the house she's like (laughs) I think you need to go for a run so you can <laughs> not be the way that you're currently kind being, of like taking a
1: dog for a walk. Yeah, yeah.
0: and um, it's I didn't feel that, like I didn't know that experience, that feeling existed until you know I started getting over that hump. And and we talk about how we build those habits. In it's not like I was all of a sudden saying, oh, I'm gonna start running, you know, five Ks every single day. Okay, because when you do that, you're burned out. You yep. know, like you just, you quit after you're like, I'm going to journal, I'm going to journal for, you know, I'm going to write a page every day. Well, I can't, maybe I can't write a page every day. Maybe it's going to have to be like, I'm going to write a feeling, the word, how I feel that day is going to be the starting point.
1: Yeah. And it's, I don't think there's any easy solution. I think there's some good stuff in the book. Um, You know, I think about my, my wife, for example, has always been 5am workout, uh, ever since I've known her so she's up at 4 30 and just it's a priority to her and she's got um, different reasons why but uh, that I'm just like oh I, I, there's no way there's no way I could do that um, and so anyway she got big into CrossFit uh, since we moved to town um, local gym in town very very good local gym and uh, I, I decided to join <laughs> A few years ago, I did it for a week and I remember being so sore, you know, I couldn't even <laughs> walk. I'm like, this is terrible. These people are insane, but you, you can't go zero to 60. And I was trying to go zero to 60. I'll show what I used to be like when I was destroying money, for, you know, people for money, straight cash. And then we're getting out of town before we got beat up. But, um, you know, those. I just learned my lesson from that. And this book, I think that's what made it. He talks about one story about, for example, if you want to start running, here's what you got to do. Find the time you got to plan it. So what time and how easy can you make it? So how easy can you make changing into your clothes and having your shoes there? You know, how easy can you have your shorts under your pants? Can you, can you come to work already to run? Can you, how easy can you possibly make it? Um here's an example for me. School ends, I want to get down to the gym for practice. I believe that first 20 minutes before practice starts is invaluable to have small conversations with my players. It's super critical to me. So I got to some process where hey, right when the school day's done, I've got my clothes at my desk, I'm going into uh, the bathroom to change and I am not, no one's stopping me. I'm not talking to you. I don't have time for a side conversation. So I got to avoid staff members. Okay. I got to have, I found out when I have my shorts on and my whistle, you're not good talking to me. If I'm still in my staff teaching clothes, Oh, can I talk to you for a minute? No, but it's hard to say no and you got to walk through the whole school to get to the gym.
0: No, 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 yeah. no. So I'm just like, please don't,
1: don't. Cause this is a time I, I, it's super important to me. So making it easy and then it's got to be satisfying, right? So if I'm going to go do an, a CrossFit workout where I can't walk for a week, then it's not satisfying. All right. So starting small and then the value of tiny gains, which we'll get to here in a minute.
0: Yeah. And uh, those tiny gains that you're talking about, I'm I'm flashing back to how I started my running habit. It wasn't, like I said, that 5k every day. It was just, it was like the, it was last spring. And I just said, you know, I probably should do some sort of activity Um, because all the things I was listening to and reading, they all, they all tout the benefits, mental and physical of just, you know, stressing your body um, for your benefit. And I just said to myself, you know, I'm going to go to the end of the street and back. And I did that probably for, I don't know, at least two weeks. And then I was like, this is not difficult. And so then I just kept stretching it out further and further and further. And I still stretch it out further. And this week has been kind of a big jump. I've, I've gone from running like, I don't know, a maybe two and a half, kilometers to five kilometers and I've realized I can do that pretty daily and it's not killing me I don't feel sore I feel good um, why do you
1: have to talk in kilometers why can't we talk miles this is America
0: well so my wife so this is interesting so <laughs> you know in the United States I mean I, I know we have Croatian listeners out there some uh, <laughs> Irish folks some I think I saw some people from the Netherlands maybe but uh, yeah love the Netherlands. besides here nobody else cares about the standard measurements of miles of degrees in fahrenheit um in you know feet it's i mean if you i mean you're in science you're a scientist you should be a metric
1: yeah 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 but we don't use it you know i yeah i get
0: it (laughs) I don't know. It's just five. It's like Charlie.
1: He's running his race and he's calling it the 50k. I'm like, dude, it's 31 miles. Okay, yeah, but 31. That's,
0: that's such a lame number. Yeah, but
1: yeah, I get it. I like get 50s, it. nice. and Apparently, solid. he's trying to get Europeans and Canadians
0: <laughs> and Mexicans and anybody <laughs> else yeah, in the, the if world. If you haven't
1: invested in his GoFundMe, go do that. So, he's over twenty three hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, that's kind of crazy. So 31 miles. Yeah, not as sexy as 50k.
1: Yeah, true.
0: But anyway, the point is that in in Mexico, where my wife is from, hey. The metric system rules the day, so we always have to do the temperature in both Fahrenheit and Celsius. We have to do like when we're measuring. So this is an interesting.
1: How are uh, they measuring the wall down there? Is that in?
0: (laughs) We're doing kilometers or miles. They're doing probably something a lot dumber. (laughs) Like how many of? Yeah, I don't want to go there. Yeah, but um, no, when we're measuring like spaces on our wall to like hang pictures. It's mm-hmm. this constant battle of well that's about twenty three and a quarter inch and she's like, No no no, tell me how many centimeters is it? And it's this yeah, it's I got a um,
1: product that could help you there. Uh Shutterfly makes a a paper sheet that you put on the wall and it then you just put the holes and it hangs it perfectly i can get you that i know
0: somebody well it sounds like you hired that one out you know i'm yeah. I'm, a, I'm a do it yourself well, yeah right, yeah, yeah whatever but anyway the point is that you know building things in slowly is the best way to do it because then you can you know eventually yep. down the road it's going to be the the one inch that you go or the one centimeter that you go forward is going to be a big leap correct so i think that's
1: i mean I, that's the biggest takeaway i had is that you know a kid that's never been in the weight room okay i want to go get swollen I go work out hard for five days and I don't see that I'm bigger. So I quit. Right. And the the study that always, I tell my players that blows my mind is, is new year's resolutions, 92% of people, um, quit them within two weeks. Um, so joining a gym, think about that 92% do not maintain that throughout, uh, even a three month period. So I always talk to my players about being one of the eight percenters. We talk about being in that group of 8% that stays with something. And it's, it's just not, it's, it's tough um, because you have to just build small. And this power of tiny gains talks about, if you do a little math here, if you take 1.01, so 1% better for 365 days, you, so you take 1.01 to the 365th power, you end up with the number of 37.78. So you can get about 37 times better at something. If you were to get 1% better every day. Conversely, if you get 1% worse, you basically end up back at zero. And I always tell my players, you're never getting, you can't, you can't stay the same. You're either getting better or worse every day. And the key is the small, tiny 1% gains. And when you do something over an incredibly long period of time, um, you see drastic, big, changes and the book talks about that talks about one of the famous stories in the book is about the great britain cycling team the worst in the world worst freaking team ever assembled for cycling (laughs) and they get a new coach who comes in and just says we're gonna get one percent better every day and talks about okay let's do some research on what type of seat we should have and let's do some research on the tires we should have and let's do some research on our nutrition and our sleep and and everything right and they just keep working at 1%. We're going to just keep, and seven years later, they're winning the Olympics. And
0: With probably the help of drugs as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs>
1: well, Lance Armstrong, come on. I can't wait for that. 30 for 30, by the way, that freaking cheater. But um, so the small steps. And so I've just noticed, like, if I want to change something, I got to make it easy. I got to make it obvious. And he gives some other... I think really helpful things about habit stacking, you know, what if you said every day when I take my first sip of coffee for me, when I come to work, what I've done every day, when I come in and I turn on my computer, that was my signal to read out of my stoic daily stoic book. So I said, before I actually type in my password, I'm going to take my two minutes to read my daily stoic. So that was called a way to kind of stack it to a habit. Okay. Laptop's open before I type it in. I'm right so read.
0: so what is something you do every day that you can almost use as like a trigger to do the new thing correct yeah um, I'm trying to think I don't even think I've made this stacked but I know've I've heard about if it's kind of the same thing as like a keystone habit have you heard of keystone habits it's like the idea that you so sl- you start one thing and it creates like a domino effect of other habits okay so let's say you know I, I wake up at, a, at the same time, every single day, and then I get, you know, my, I wake up, I go write down my to-do list for the day, that time is up, I go up, I make the bed, you know, I go out, I do the run, I come back. It's just trying to not do them all of us, like, it's not like I'm saying you create this routine and just do it, you know, right off the bat. It's like, you you would start by just waking up every day at 6 Trying 6:30. to kind of link them up. Right, and then once again, that idea of that 1% better is like making your routine 1% better. Um, and wh- I'm, I'm interested. So what, what are some things that you have successfully stacked? So you mentioned like reading out of your daily stoic, what are some other things that you've added? I don't know, in the past year or maybe, maybe even since reading this book that you've definitely been able to stick to and you know that it has been, you know, made you 1% better.
1: Yeah, I, I, <sighs> I don't think I've done anything too great, but um, I just know when it's the easiest and obvious and scheduled, it it makes it, I'm very successful with it. When when it's that phrase of you don't, you know, find time, you make time, right? So if I'm going to, if I'm committed to fitness and I say, all right, every day, three o'clock hits, no matter what, I'm walking to go do my workout, that makes it, you know, easy to do. When you don't plan it, when you don't make it easy, it doesn't happen. It just so, doesn't.
0: So but what do you do? What do you what are your habits? I want to know. What are some things that you've added to your routine that make you the best Sean Keating in existence?
1: Well, I think I mean for me, um well, podcasts, audible books, those types of things, um, you know, every time I'm in the car rather than um listening to the radio or sports talk or whatever it's hey if i can get two minutes five minutes of something powerful like that um other habits
0: i mean the said this podcast i mean every we're in here twice a week wednesday mm-hmm. thursday we're recording something
1: yeah we've got we're committed right now to a schedule of wednesday thursday and um you know we i plan everything else around that um how i start my morning you know coming in doing that reading Um, attendance, things that I have to do on my computer, um, grade stuff, and just, just trying to build it in that way. But when you're my my brain, when it's too scattered around, it just, you can be busy, but you're not really efficient. You're not getting stuff done. And then I I think the other thing that's really unique about this is how about bad habits? Getting rid of them is the opposite, right? Instead of making them easy and obvious, you got to make them invisible and disappear and difficult right? So if I don't want to be eating ice cream every night at eight 30, um, when I'm halfway through the Michael Jordan documentary, then I got to just not buy ice cream or put it in the basement freezer. So I have to actually walk down there and feel like a, you know, huge fat ass just to get down there and grab it. (laughs) So you have to make things difficult if you want to get rid of them. And that's the stuff that I've also found really valuable is that, you know, if I don't want to stare at Facebook and the the idiot comments, I just got to delete it. I delete the app
0: and then then, then reinstall it. Yeah.
1: And like the, the, the time it takes to reinstall it now, it's just like, it's not even worth it. So the last 10 days, it's just been gone off my phone.
0: That's amazing. And I mean, even I've done this a couple of times, but I probably haven't been successful because this phone has made its way back up to my nightstand. But I mean, plugging your phone in like away from your bed downstairs, you know, so you're out of the habit of you know, browsing on it when you can't sleep at night or mm-hmm. right before bed or, you know, you hear the buzz and you're, you're awake. Um, and I, as you said, that that it's just as important to remove those bad habits. I think that's something that, I mean, I don't think I've even given that much thought to about what are things, I mean, Jordan Peterson talks about this in some of his talks, is he, he tries to get his listeners to think about what is something that I'm doing every day uh, that is stupid. And then I know it's stupid, but like, but I, yet I keep doing it. Yeah. And if you ask yourself that question and you sit on it for a little bit, you'll probably come up with at least <laughs> a couple. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's how and then it, it is. It And I've been on a kick lately. It's like, when, when is enough enough? You know, like how uh, yeah. great, <laughs> you know, we're, we're on a quest for, for personal and professional growth, but at some point it's just like, I ain't perfect, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just doing the best I can. Um, you yeah. Know?
0: I've, and I've, I heard this yesterday too. It was somebody likened it to the fact that, you know, the only thing, and maybe you can testify to this as a scientist, but the only thing with constant growth is cancer. Is that true? can <laughs> <laughs> and that's the idea. Like you can't always just be like, this habit stacking Terminator who's like, I will be drinking my water when I wake up at 6.30, then make it my bed, then running, then doing some weights, then eating a smoothie, then taking a little nap, and then I take some, uh, I squeeze some fresh mangoes. Yeah, Like, it's not, it's just you can't keep that up. But the idea would be to, you know, just whenever you can, try to live out your, you know, whatever you're intending for yourself and that's i've I've heard this talked about it with goals like don't even bother with goals just kind of like you don't write down i'm gonna run every day you don't write that down you just write down run Mm -hmm. and it's like okay whenever you can try to do that
1: yeah and if it's it's just you know it's if it's really important to you and you know this is how it works one percent better every day then you're gonna do it you know i mean if if we don't have any summer you know sports stuff right now i mean i I know it's, I mean, you're going to select the kids. Some kids are going to make decisions to do stuff every day to make them better. And a lot of kids aren't, it's just the way it is. It's the way it is with anything. Like, I mean, you just have to make a decision about what is really, really important to you. And if it is, then you're going to find a way to just get 1% better every day. And it's, it's boring, but boring can be beautiful. It just absolutely can be beautiful over a long period of time. And it's just the way it is. And that's why most people quit and give up. That's why when someone tells me about something they're trying and then they, they're, they're struggling with it. I'm like, good, just give up then just quit, you know, because most people do. So just, just do it. Just and, that, quit.
0: and that's the default mode. You know, I mean, maybe you can talk about this as a scientist as well, but biologically speaking, you know, conserving energy was the was the move Mm -hmm. for what thousands of years because if like okay let's go back what eight thousand years i doubt they're just (laughs) going to be out there jogging because uh you (laughs) know it is yeah that is insane you had to conserve your energy because your jogging was going to be you you know persistence hunting against a freaking kudu yeah
1: the manual labor or whatever you had to do well
0: yeah there was the guys in the, the the what the hell the kala the kalahari desert Uh, These dudes chase down these giant kudu for eight hours, and they win when the animal collapses. (laughs) And then they walk up to it and just stick it with a spear. Actually, they throw it from like three feet away. But like that was the way of life forever. So, I mean, your brain is already programmed to just be like, just chill, just chill out. <laughs> just sit there and wait for the thing to pass so you can jump on and eat it. But, you know, you're fighting against that to just say, like, maybe, you know, get get 1% better.
1: Yeah, I had a thought there that it is escaping me. But, yeah, it, it is crazy to think that now we're at a time where we're we're signing up for gyms and stuff because we're so sedentary, uh, t- during our jobs and driving everywhere. You know, I, I'm watching that stupid show, making a murderer and, uh, it goes on forever. I think I'm finally at the end of it. And I'm uh, <laughs>
0: really excited about it. Yeah.
1: It's terrible, but I, I just can't <laughs> turn away. So anyway, we're at the end of it. And the guy's dad is, you know, they've owned this auto salvage yard forever and he's gotta be, I don't know, he's gotta be close to 80. And they, they have this scene. It is just, I was watching it last night and I'm just, it was tough to watch. He's, he's 80 and he's in his shop with chains as pulleys to lift these, you know, I have no clue about engines, So it's some part of an engine up and out and into a car and he's all greasy and he's just laboring around. And it's just so sad to watch somebody this old in that poor of health doing this manual labor. And you think about that job he's done his whole life and just beat up his body every day. And you don't need to work out if you're doing that. I mean, I know some construction guys that are just fit as can be because they're just doing that stuff daily and they're just machines. And, you know, now we live in a time where it's like, you go from being a college athlete or a high school athlete and your job doesn't require that. And you have to find a way to, and that's where i freaking struggle. Cause I just, I'm like, why, why do this? This, this, just doesn't do it for me. And that's where I'm probably just trying to figure it out. And why I signed up for some stupid little race last weekend, just to give myself a reason to do something.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned that construction stuff and then, man, that is no joke. I roofed houses for I don't even know it's all blurred into like one giant nightmare, but I don't know five six years, and I remember I graduated high school, scrawny kid. You know, fast forward to six years after roofing, I had gained twenty pounds of solid muscle, getting jacked. And I remember being at a cookout at one point at uh, and uh, this this dad who had known I'd known this guy but he hadn't seen me for a while. And he asked if I would like, cause I was at Eric Decker's house who he played, he played for the Gophers at the time. I went to school with him, but they asked what position I played for at the Gophers. <laughs> and I was like, what dude, it's me, Danny Clark.
1: Dude, someone took my fullback job,
0: but I mean, <laughs> it's, it is. I mean, if you really do have a hard time overcoming that default mode, you know, Submit an application to a roofing company that will uh, (laughs) give you a nice tan. It'll give you a, you know, a good work ethic. And it'll also make you have lots of probably osteoarthritis later in your life.
1: Yeah. Amen to those people. And, uh, yeah.
0: And by the way, yeah. Hats off to them. That's a good point. They, I, I always come to this often when I see these people working, they get, they don't get paid very well compared to people that do have sedentary jobs that sit in meetings all day. And these people are out there, you know, sweating on a hundred plus degree roofs, just, you know, tossing off pounds and pounds of old shingles, just giving, you know, all their energy. By the end of the day, they can't even, you know, do anything else besides collapse and mm-hmm. fall asleep and then wake up with their hands like this, you know, conform to an, a nail gun and, uh, they do it again. And, uh, if it weren't for those people, you guys wouldn't be living in houses, and you wouldn't have half the stuff that you have.
1: Yeah, no, it's 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 awesome, and teaches you a lot doing those types of jobs, and um, also doesn't make you better than everyone else just because you've you've, <laughs> you've put a roof on or taken one off. But it does teach you some valuable things. There is no doubt about it, and uh, you know, a work ethic is is something that we know is super valuable, and you know, there is a huge need for skilled laborers in this country and uh something that i wish we would make more of a push uh with our with our younger kids so there it is a little bit about habits um a little bit about about roofing yeah think about your habits think about why you do what you do and maybe is there one or two things you'd like to kind of add and maybe there's something out there you'd like to get rid of and just make it extremely difficult and you'll get rid of it pretty quickly
0: one percent better that's all we're asking that's what we're trying to do here at the crossover Every time
1: we come on the air, we're given our best plus 1%. People,
0: hey, do us a favor. Uh, if you could go to iTunes, podcasts, whatever the hell it's called, and uh, rate and review us. Yeah, that's usually a way for uh, us to spread get spread the word. Bread. Yeah,
1: we need new listeners. We're trying and we're not giving up. Take care, people.